Strongman Academy, episode 11. Andy Chapman, back. Today I've got a pretty good friend of mine. We worked together for a long time, and I feel like we talked about everything that went into Strongman just day in and day out, and it's almost like the conversations we had over three years could have just been a weekly podcast for three years. So today I have Landry Williams. He is a member of a national championship NCAA football team. He's an NFL veteran. He is a former principal, and he is currently the hottest coach in Louisiana high school football. Landry, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? How you doing? My name is Landry Williams. I'm the head football coach at Madison Prep. Uh, today, we just come out and share my uh, experiences with uh, Mr. Jeff. So, I, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this, Landry. Even if they win the Citrus Bowl at 13-2, and two, you still had a better year than Saban. <laughs> and way less talent. Yeah, uh, actually, I talked to the coach yesterday. I said, y'all don't do real well in bowl games. Y'all not playing for a championship. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? We we struggle. If it's not you're not playing for a national championship, we we really don't put a lot into it. So I said, hey, you don't want to go in there like that because somebody can't wait to beat you. You know what I'm saying? So right. uh, they got their work cut out for them. Because they, they, if history repeats itself. They have a tough time in those bowl games when they're not playing for a national championship. Yeah. So, you know, it's this is a podcast. We're here, big talking points, this and that. But I find that, like, in, in what you do in coaching, because I coached for years, and what we did in here in this office together for years, just disciplining kids, it's all the little tiny things that just happen intuitively that really build a kid's character that really develop. You know, we can talk about big concepts and things we want to focus on and this and that, but it's all the small things over time. So let's start off. Tell me about your path coming up, your mentors in life, your dad, Coach Gill, Coach Adger, Coach Richardson, and then your stint in the NFL and, it, and how it all got you ready for your role as a major mentor in young men's lives. All right, well, let's start off. I'm the youngest of six. It was three boys and three girls, and I was pretty much the run out of the group. Uh, I really worked hard. I was always the smallest kid, you know, and being the smallest kid, you know, you have a little ego. So I always worked hard. I always tried to prove myself, even when I felt like I didn't have to. I just wanted to do a little bit more and above what everybody else was doing because everybody always told me I was small, I was too short, I wasn't fast enough and things of that nature. But that really inspired me. It really drove me to work hard. You know, my dad growing up, you know, he always started that's being accountable, taking responsibility for whatever the situation is. It was always my fault whether I did do it or, or whether I did. So it was always my fault because uh, he said, well, it's your fault because you didn't make a decision to not do it or you didn't make a decision to do it so it's something that you didn't do so it's always my fault no matter what happened it's always my fault so I didn't like it but as I got older I see where you know in the leadership role it's, it's important that the leader take responsibility for everything so yeah. he pretty much instilled the work ethic in me and uh, being responsible and uh, having good character and those things of that nature so when I got to uh, middle school Actually, I snuck and played middle school ball because my, my parents thought I was too small as well. They were like, well, if you make too small, it's too dangerous. But both of my parents work real long hours. So I, since I'm the youngest, my older brother actually signed my permission slip for me to participate in sports. Okay. So I was playing football, and my dad didn't know I was playing. But 
my uncle came to the game one time and it kind of just blew it up. He blew it up. So he was like, uh, you know your son playing football, right? And I was like, uh. He brought my uncle, brought me in. He said it from my dad. He's like, he's doing a great job of playing football. He's like, Landry's well, not playing football. He go to tutoring after school and all that. <laughs> so my uncle, Uncle Lewis, bust me out and exposed me. And from that point, they allowed me to play. And, you know, they started supporting me and things of that nature. And then those great coaches come into the fact. You know, I, I love basketball. I actually started off wanting to be, you know, a big-time basketball player. Uh, I played under Coach Harvey Adger. And he worked us so hard. And he, he made us accountable, responsible for any little thing. If your socks wasn't pulled up, if your shirt, was, shirt jersey came out your shorts, he made every little thing matter. And I remember him saying that, you know, everything matters. Everything matter, and that was something that we kind of, you know, that I just grasped because my father was the same way. And playing football with Coach Gill, it was the same way, discipline. So, and when I got to college, it was the same thing, discipline. You know, I saw I always had strong men in my life that, uh, you know, just that held me responsible, that held me accountable, and held me to a high standard. And sometimes we don't do that in today. You know, we, we kind of like give them excuses and give kids out. But I was always held accountable and responsible for whatever happened. So I credit that to those to those men and those coaches in my life. So And it was like one after the other. I'm like, where these guys come from? Everybody seemed like my dad. Everybody seemed like my dad. But the message was always consistent. And it was always the same message no matter who I came across. It was The message was the same. So... You know, so that didn't really give me an out or no excuse not to to be successful because when you get the community involved and people behind you and supporting you, you don't want to let those guys down. So uh, I came in, uh, started off the JV team and those things, and we just fought our way and clawed our way into, you know, our district championship at the time. Uh, we was the Pink Panthers. Everybody used to tease us. Yeah, but it just was my junior year. I remember coming to the locker room. And I think we had lost to Dental Springs. And they Dental Springs had totally dominate, dominated us. And I said, I'm not losing anymore. You know, we worked too hard. Uh, at that time, me and Eric Randall was the quarterback. Man, we used to uh, go to parks and anywhere we can work out, any field. I always wondered this about you and Eric. I know y'all, y'all were quarterback, wide receiver in high school and in college. Did y'all play middle school ball together too? No. He went to Central Middle School and I went to Glenwood Middle School. So right. that's we didn't play together. Right. But we played street ball together because we, you know, in the neighborhood we had uh, I guess we was on Maplewood and one was a Jupiter. So we played each other just for the kids on each street. We'll make a team out of it and play. But uh, he had a stern father as well. A uh, little military background. So it was always Strong men. It was always a pattern of strong men in my life. And I never want to let those guys down. They always held me to a high standard. They always worked me hard. Uh, my dad allowed my butt to belong to anybody that was in charge. If Mr. Dahl was around, he was free to do whatever it took to make sure that I was doing the right thing. So yeah. you don't really have that nowadays. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to ask my next question for you is kind of about that. But keep going, keep okay. going with, you know. High school and okay, college. Okay, when I got to, uh, in high school, me and Eric broke a lot of records. I was the number one wide receiver coming out of high school. I pretty much, I think I finished with like 25 
touchdowns. I averaged like three touchdowns a game almost. Jeez. Uh, uh, we had a great year, and I was probably like 160, 155 pounds, 160 pounds. But I just worked so hard and trying to like, like basically I kind of willed myself into being a good athlete. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of kids around me that was better, faster, bigger. But I have not looked back, they just didn't have the discipline. You know, it's, I could throw a rock in my neighborhood and hit a guy that could run a 4-4. You know, but uh, even though they were faster than me, they had the size, they just didn't have that work ethic and the discipline to get them through. And I can look at him, and I knew he was better. I can say, man, he's better than me. But when it came down to being at practice on time, having the grades, doing all the little things, you know, and that's what I came in. That's what I was able to be successful at. So when I got to college, uh, I started off with Coach Chasm, which was a strong disciplinarian, real strong, everything matter. It was military ran. I think during that time we had three of their practices. I don't wow. know if they even do that anymore. If they even need legal anymore. <laughs> but we had maybe like a 4.30 wake up. Uh, we was on the field for five. Golly. Uh, <laughs> eight o'clock. Hey, at about 8.30, we having breakfast. Uh, we watch film. That's leading it to uh, the fall when everybody report. We had yeah. like three other day practice. So uh, we're in about 8.30. We have our little break. After that, after we have breakfast, we'll come back, we'll meet. Now, Coach Chasm, that's uh, your position coach, or he was before Pete? He was the head coach at the time, Marino Chasm. Okay. Yeah. uh, Actually, Archie Cooley was the, he was the so-called the founder of the running shoot. He was the offensive coordinator at the time. Okay. That was before a lot of people was doing, uh, he he was known as the founder of the running shoot. Oh, wow. So, Browse got it from him. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm just saying, it was pretty crazy, but... And it was crazy. We didn't understand what he was doing at the time because it was like nobody wasn't doing that. And, but he had broke a lot of records with Willie Titan and uh, Jerry Rice in Mississippi Valley. And that kind of carried over to, I think, uh, who was the Houston Cougars, I think, at the time would start doing the run and shoot off what he was doing. Okay. And it kind of took off from that point. Wow. Archie Cooley. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I had to check that out. But those guys, man, uh, those coaches at the time, they were so, they were so rough. They were so, you're going to do everything by the book. You're going to do it right. You're going to do it hard. But, again, it wasn't a transition to me because I've been doing that all my life. Yeah. So I fell right in. So when guys was quitting and giving up and just couldn't take it, you know, once again, me and Eric was right there going right through it. Like, this is what we've been doing all our days. We don't know anything else besides working hard, being accountable, being responsible, you know, and those things that falls into it. So, a lot of when people was quitting, giving up, and it was crazy. Uh, my brother, uh, he had a real bad drug addiction, and Eric, his father had passed. Yeah. And even though we had D1 offers, we ended up staying at Southern, Southern University. And when we got there, they wasn't winning or anything like that. But in the locker room, I said, man, that's enough. Enough of this losing again, Eric. We've been through this before. We know how to ch- we know how to change this, you know. So we start working harder than everybody around us. They start everybody. The rest of the team start picking up our work ethic, and before you know it, next the next year we was competing for a state uh, for a black national championship. So that was that was real. That was like, man. And everybody's like, 
you know, how y'all do that? He was like, man, we don't like to lose. Yeah. You know, and but the older guys before us had set the mold, you know, even though we didn't understand at the time. But when the guys was complaining, we was like, this is what we do every day. Stop complaining. You know, it's just like, so we broke a lot of guys and made them do the things that we wanted them to do. So usually we used to talk about even in acting, uh, in uh, academics and changing the, uh, the the culture of the school where the 20, the 80, the 80, the 20 wouldn't change the 80. Yeah. But we were like the 20 that changed the 80. I got you. In our, in our, in our, in our time at Southern University. Because nice. everybody used to come for the band. Yeah. So if, no, if nobody really expected us to win at that time, but we was working so hard at the time, and the coach was like, man, who those guys are? So then the new coaching staff came in, which was Pete Richardson. Uh, we had the discipline. He came in with the structure and the game plan, and we just took off with it. And coach, coach, even Coach Pete Richardson was like, man, what? Man, these little guys are special. That's a special group of guys. And everybody just started following our lead. And we went yeah. Black National Championship, Swag National Title, Black National Championship for like the next three or four years after that. But it was off our work yet. Even the receiver that came behind us, they say y'all was the guys that, that taught us how to do it. And even the receiver coach said, he said, I never really worked with the receivers when y'all left because everybody used to just do what y'all was doing. So we set the tempo there. We set the model. And they rode that thing for a long time, even after me and Eric was long gone. Yeah, y'all were winning, what, 93, 94? I thought 93 was the first year that we won the national championship. Yeah. And from that year, it just took on off. Yeah. To maybe like 10 years, 10, maybe like a 10-year run. Yeah, because, you know, I, I was in middle school going into high school, and I remember Southern was the good football team in town. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we had uh, Curly Harmon. Curly Harmon, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Curly Harmon. Who's the quarterback at the time? I can't think of the name. Uh, I don't remember. He had a few different quarterbacks. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. None. No great memorable ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't have that problem right now. No, we're doing all right right yeah. now. <laughs> well, man, uh, that was big. I mean, that was that was the thing that kind of that we really didn't know what we were doing. We just wanted to win, and you know, and represent our families well, and represent our community well, and it worked out for us. Um, then after that, I didn't get drafted, but I got an opportunity to play in the uh, Calgary Stampeders. Uh, with Doug Flutie was the, was the quarterback, and that was I was kind of starstruck with that because you watch uh, Doug Flutie with the uh, the throw, the hell mary, the hell mary, yeah. throw, and this so he's like, and he's such a down to earth guy. I Man, he's riding the minivan and the, the Air Max, it's regular Levi's, you know, but he was he was an outstanding guy. Uh, and the crazy thing, my my lock was right next to the rock, Dwayne Johnson. Really? Yeah. Okay. He was there from Miami, Calgary Stampeders. That's right. That's where he, that's where he started. I listened to these uh, these motivational videos by the Rock, and he talks about that. And like, I think Seven Bucks is the name of his his like record label because he had to leave and go go play football there. He was at the time he had a knee injury, and he had a tough time there. But he wanted to go back and wrestle because that wrestling was in his family. Yeah. So that was that was an opportunity for him, and he was even though he was doing, it, he was having fun doing it. But he had the passion for wrestling. 
Yeah. I never know he'll be like where he is today. You know, yeah. so it's like I'm gonna go wrestle. We're like, okay. But you know, it's a lot of this is is finding that passion and chasing it and doing better there. Like, you know, I was a principal for a year, but I love this now. I'll never go back to being a principal. Yeah. And if I can take this to the next level and make more money, sure, that's awesome. But I like doing what I'm doing. You were a principal, but you like coaching kids. Yeah, you know I love that's kids. your passion. I love kids, and uh, and that's important to me. I don't want to jump around, but uh, if you're gonna be on my staff, you got to spend personal time with the kids, because a lot of kids today that's what they're missing. They want attention. They want positive attention, though. So if you're gonna be on my staff, the coach, my players are gonna have your number. They're gonna know where you live. They're gonna know how to get in contact with you. Not just me. Yeah, you know, and I want you to form a relationship with them as well. So that's big for me, because when you're trenches, sometimes when things get rough and things not going the way you want to go, you need to feel like you're with somebody that loves you. They have to have your back. That's gonna do the same for you, and I kind of make that a priority. You know, it's just spending some person time. Position coaches, you gotta spend time with you guys outside of football. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Outside of football. So if he has something going on at his church, in the community, we gotta be there to support him. If not, I'm chewing butt. You know, because they're our kids, and I treat them as they all the same. Even the guy from the the guy that's not playing, he get the same treatment as everybody else. You know, if he there, he has something going on with him, we're gonna be there to support him, and, and that's big for us. Uh, we go out to eat sometimes as a team. Just a lot, of, like a, t- a lot of team building. Some kids, you'll be surprised. Some kids never went to a restaurant. You wow. know, it's stuff that we take for granted. And you look like, wow, like, man, it's just pluckers. You know, it's just yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. Right, right. But they like, man, this is like, then you, you know, this thing that we do as, as men, that we're going to buy, we're going to pay for the wings, we're going to pay for all the things. We just want to watch football. We're going to watch football. You know, and we want to watch. And, it, and this, it's football, it's football. They got pro athletes making mistakes. Yeah. They make mistakes. <laughs> right. They got pro athletes. I mean, they blow coverages as well. You know, so we want you to be able to identify. You know, watch your position. You know, even doing like Monday night football games. Sometimes I'm texting my quarterback. You know, you watching the game? You know, just kind of like, just just keep it on his mind. Let you know somebody's. Somebody's always checking on you. Yeah. Big brothers, right? You know? Yeah. Definitely. So, so like, this this was kind of, you mentioned this, and it made me write this question down real quick. And we talked over the years about Harvey Adger and how he just was was tough, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, guys like me and guys like you, old school, we were built like that. The harder you can make it, the harder I'm going to bring it. Yeah. But, but that's very old school and – there's not a whole lot of kids like that anymore, and we're not built like that anymore. And guys like Harvey Adger, God bless him, that system's not working anymore. So how are guys like you and Jeff Jones making that transition to still hold kids very accountable, still get them to work their tails off, but not to just burn them into the ground and hate it? <laughs> Hey, you actually we actually talk about that a lot. Uh, me and Jeff both played. Jeff Jeff Jones is uh, he's the basketball coach at the school. He probably won six straight state championships. Yeah. Uh, at Madison Prep, and we both come from him. But everybody's not perfect, you know. The best of us not perfect, and 
some guys are old schools that they want to adjust. Even though we old school, we still adjust to uh, kids' needs. We live more understanding. Uh, we actually listen to them, you know. We actually listen to our players. Uh, but I remember, I remember playing under him. It's like you were scared to get hurt. You were scared to tell him you hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's like it was one of those things, you know. And but with us, we learned to adjust, and we tried to get him as well. We like coach. Hey, we know you're old school. You know you're the man. You know you won state championship, the state championship. But can you turn it down a little bit? And he still holds true to his roots, though. And he don't compromise as much. He yeah. give a little bit, but he's not giving that much. But we learn to give a little bit without sacrificing the, the meat of your program. You know, you still want to have the integrity of your program. You want to make everything matters. Uh but a lot of kids today, they can't, you know, you have to be able to adjust because a lot of things going on in the home nowadays, obviously. And being able to adapt and change is very important. So yeah, if you're able to adapt, you probably can keep the program going. But if not, you're going to have some tough times if, if you're not able to adapt and just go straight old school. Yeah. You know, so. I, you know, I coached wrestling for 15 years, but before I was a head coach, I was an assistant coach for my high school coach who was like my hero in life. And he would say, you know, there was times, I think one year he was he was in basic training. So he missed a month of practice, and I ran practice for a month. And I think the first day, 40 kids showed up. Worked the hell out of them. The next day, 15 kids showed up. And it was like, oh, damn, I got <laughs> to get the team back. And he would always say, he's like, the toughest part of coaching or the, or the best the, – the, the thing that wisdom gives you through coaching is learning when it's time to push them harder, but then when it's time to pull back the reins and say, let's lighten up, but not to make either of those permanent, to know when to step it up and when to take it down a little bit and then come back up. Exactly, exactly. So that's being able to adjust. Like I said, being able to adjust is big. Being able to change, the willingness to change. to do that nowadays with all the other stuff that can totally take a kid out of whack with Instagram, Twitter, and all those things, you have to be able to be able to reel them back in, you know, and being able to change and understand that. I'm still trying to understand Twitter and all this other stuff. Yeah, no, you know, I'm with you. I let the kids, I let them try to show me, you know, since that's the way I'm trying to modernize me, but I still try to, you know, teach them some things as well. Yeah, so. no, I ha- that that is a distraction we didn't have. Yeah. So we were just, we were the superstar athletes and we were nothing. Yeah. You know, I had a kid at lunchroom today. A kid's like, hey, Mr. Chapman, he he ran, he did a uh, a 5K this weekend and I went and did it with him. And uh, at the lunch, he's, he's raising his hand and I'm like, oh man, he's going to ask about the run this weekend. I'm ready to talk yeah. about that. And he's like, hey, what do you think is better, Fortnite or Apex? And I was like, what is that? And he's like, well, it's a, you know, Fortnite, it's a shooting game, but then Apex is this other shit. And I'm like, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. I do real things, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's real to it's him. Real. That, that is like, it is. He, he'd rather do that than the running stuff. Yeah, so that's the good we do. They show me that they think it's funny and it's all this stuff. So I, it's give and take, you know, being yeah. able to give and take. So that's why, that's how I survived. I guess you could say the game, still with a little old school, but. Uh, still willing to change and adapt and have a little more understanding for, you know, the kids of the day. That's yeah. big. Uh, also, I guess, looking at San Diego Chargers, when I got the San Diego Chargers, 
Bobby Humphrey was our quarterback, which he was from uh, ULM. Okay. Uh, Bobby Ross was the quarterback. I mean, was the head football coach, and he's he's same thing, military. So all through my whole career, I always had people that had that kind of structure, discipline, this way, be on time, all that stuff. So it just worked out for me, you know. What I'm saying? So because I did it early on in life, it just carried over. Yeah. So now I don't. It's not. A, it's no problem for me to come early, stay late, whatever. I can always do that because I always had to do it all my life. Yeah. So uh, just having the grit, uh, staying focused, uh, just the willingness to not want to let people down around me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that holds dear to me. You know. Uh, Family pride, community pride. I mean, that still means something to me. Yeah. And I try to do the same, still the same thing to my players. Your family, your community, you know, even though it's a charter school and everybody's scattered out. So now I just tell you, okay, the school community, represent the school. You know, the name on your, the name on the front of your jersey is more important than the name on the back of your jersey. Yeah, I did. All part- of those things there just kind of, you know. Yeah. Us. I- it's all about us. We. Us. Right. I did podcast number three with Lamont Cole. Okay. And and we talked about that school community that he's kind of created yeah, out he, there. He did a great job creating that. So. And it's it, family. It's family. It's pride. Uh, it's, it's, it's believing in one yourself, believing in each other, helping each other. Yeah. Somebody going to greet you on our campus. You walk on our campus, somebody going to greet you. You know, throughout the day, you walk in the classroom, somebody going to greet you and tell you what's going on in the classroom. What we doing? What we working on? I mean, that's he's a stickler for that. So we do that on both schools, for the element for the middle school and uh, the high school. So, but he's real particular about you know kids stepping up, looking in the eyes, shaking your hands, the still the old school way. Yeah, you know, still greeting people, shaking hands, holding doors. That's important, and we we make sure you do it. And if you don't, there's consequences for not doing those things. Yeah, that's the very first act. The very first activity we do in strongman at the beginning of the year is I got all of them in in the classroom. Um, and hello, Andy Chapman. Nice to meet you. Shake your hand. Look, look you dead in the eye. And we go around and every single kid shakes every single person's hand. All the adults' hands. All the kids' hands. Exactly. And that's the first thing we do. Cause you don't see that anymore. Not enough. <laughs> so. Keeping that old school value, and you know, I just, I just was fortunate enough to just, like I said, lucky enough to have strong men. So when my parents was around, I had other strong men that could help carry me through, yeah. all the way through life to me, all the way through life. You know, Lamont Cole, same thing, strong leader, discipline. This is what I want. This is what I expect. So that's nothing to me. That's nothing to me, because yeah. I've been doing that all my life. So I've been blessed to have those. You know, just being in that kind of circle that allow me to be me and work towards my strengths. Yeah. So what's the most important part of inspiring young men and getting the most out of them in the short term and then in the kind of in the long run of life? When I say the short term, like, are they going to be game ready, you know, tomorrow? Are they going to be ready for a season? And then, like, for life? Well, it starts with setting goals. Uh, you want to set the set, having goals, setting the culture. Having the discipline and the structure. I mean, those are the things that's very important because when you set the goals, you have a target. Right. You know, you got a target we're shooting for. You know, so uh, having character, you know, being on time, you know, being accountable if you're not, making sure you're working out, 
you know, uh, you said 80%, that's not 80%. You know, we said uh, 50 wind sprints, you did, you did 38, you know what I'm saying? We don't want to have to do that. We want you to be able to correct yourself, but we're going to hold you accountable if you don't. So sometimes it can be a little irritating, you know, because you actually got to count, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, but to change the mindset, everything has to matter. Everything has to matter. So we set goals. Uh, how are we going to get to those goals? The way we need to do? Uh, what's the weakness of our team? We got to identify it. Let's just put it on the table. You know, I, at the time, my office alignment was real weak. I'm like, that's kind of weak. You know, it's, if I'm living what y'all living, we're in trouble. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to be stronger than the coach. Yeah. You know, so we got to identify what our weaknesses are. So we put extra time lifting weights, but in the meantime, what our strengths are, where we quick. So we're going to work on, you know, while we work to get strong, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're quick, so we're going to build off being quick till we continue to get strong. So we're just setting goals, uh, uh, holding each other accountable, because it's team. Like I say, it's us. It's we. It's, yeah. So everything is, that's making us better. You know, I'm going to ask you at the end. You know, at the end of practice, hey, who, everybody did it, gave they all? So you're asking those kind of questions. You know, you leave the opportunity for them to work hard after practice. You know, at the, when we blow the whistle, practice don't end necessarily. Yeah. You know, I have a coach that's willing to stay late for the weight room. Some guys want to lift afterwards. Some guys want to run late, you know, run some more sprints. Just kind of, we try to do a lot to eliminate, you know, eliminate the excuses. Yeah. You know, man, just the goal. You got to have discipline. You got to have, you know what I'm saying, good character. You know, and you got to have have a relationship with each other and the rest of it just kind of take care of itself. You know, take pride in being a man. Where you being, being accountable. If your job is to contain the end, hey man, your job is to contain the end. That's your job. I expect you to do it. Yeah. And we want to watch it on film to see if you're not doing it. You right. Know? Yeah. So it's just like hold, that's holding him accountable. You know, once we show you how to do it, we show you the techniques of doing it. Now we're going to hold you accountable for doing it. And if you're not doing it, then we're going to find somebody that can do it. But we're going to work with you to make sure you can do it. But once you show me you can do it and do it consistent, now I need it every time. Because now you show me you can do it. You know, now it's going to come to a want to. That we call it. How much want to you have? Yeah. Now rest is want to. You yeah. Know? <laughs> now I got a question about your workouts. And I just, just randomly thought this up. And I don't know if you have the answer. I don't know if I have the answer. Yeah. How Do you ever like ask them about workouts and be like, all right, guys, do you think you got something out of that? Or is it more like you're the coach and they're the, they're the athletes for now? Uh, I'm the coach, they're the athletes for now. Now I have my coaches monitoring them. Okay. And you know how you feel after the workout. Like, if we say break and y'all laughing and joking, yeah. then pretty much I ain't get it all out you. Because right. you still got a lot of energy left. Yeah. You know, after one of those real workouts, you just want to go home. Right. You know, you don't even care about even showering afterwards. You're like, I just want to go home. So I can kind of gauge it by watching the effort they put into the workout to let me know if they really at their, you know, they really doing it at their max. Are they really giving it their all? Okay. You know, and same thing, we do watch motivation videos. A guy's giving it all. Guy's putting in work. Uh... Uh, guys, uh, 
going against the odds, you know, defining the odds and things of that nature. So we, we do all those things as well. But it comes back to uh, setting those goals and having discipline and character. And, you know, and that, that that's going to carry us. And we put emphasis on you're not being a man about that. You know, and did you do the best you can do? You, you, we, we put you on the carpet. You know, sometimes we have open sessions where we evaluate each other on the team. Players evaluating each other, which is, they hate to do that. But I love it because they don't want to call anybody out. They want to be secretive because, you know, no. You know, so that's part of being a man. You accept it. Right. And you do it without fighting, without – we can disagree without fighting. We can do – and we do those things. Well, and and there's – so there's having to accept it as – you know, I'm the one that screwed up. But then there, as a man, I can tell you, frankly, Landry – you need to work on this. Yeah. And I can do it in a manner in which... I work on doing it in a manner in which you can receive it and it'd be a good thing. Yeah. And know? it comes down to communication because kids, they don't know how to say it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They don't want to just say you garbage or you... You know, so I haven't said you got to say it the right way. But let them know how you feel about it and how important for him to do his job because I need you to do your job before I can do my job. And that's, and that's if you look at football, that's how it works. Everybody have a one job to do. But if one person don't do their job, you put another, you put the person behind you in a bad situation. You know what I'm saying? So it's important for him to make sure, hey, make sure you line up over that guard because if you don't line up in front of that guard, the guard gonna block right into he gonna come off. Now all of a sudden I have somebody that I that weigh 120 pounds more than me in my chest. So I need you to hold that guy up for me. Can you hold him up? Yeah. Can you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I mean, if you look at it, that's everybody just doing their job. They're small piece. Yeah. You know, so I'm asking you to do one thing. I'm asking you to do your job because <laughs> your job can affect the overall. Yeah. So you're in the middle of a great season recruiting. Or I say in the middle of a great season, you just finished an incredible season, 13-2. and two. Uh, You're in the middle of high school recruiting. You got a couple highly rated four-star guys. Um, you're doing your job with discipline at CSAL. Um how do you manage it all and, and still be able to give the kids the most? Uh, I mean, I treat them like they're my kids. They're actually my kids. And in the morning, they, they're going to see me in the morning. They're going to see me for lunch. They're going to see me throughout the afternoon. But uh, just having that relationship with them, that's, that's the key. Uh, their parents know how I am. They know what my expectations are. Uh, sometimes it's hard to balance because sometimes certain coaches and scouts, they kind of pull you away sometimes and they want to have some individual workouts sometimes and pull some guys to the side and do some things. But we uh, just take the attention off the other kids, you know. But yeah. uh, I think I do a good job of trying to manage it at all because I have a good supporting staff around me. So it's not just me. Uh, I have guys around me that help me be who I am and help me get the most out of my players as well. So uh, I got a great coaching staff. Majority of the guys play ball, whether in college or the NFL as well. And uh, they, they, they understand the importance of having a relationship with the kids. They give you a little bit more. You know as a coach, when you have players that can call you and talk about some personal things, uh, can come to you and they just need to talk or just you know, they need help or things that that goes a long way when right when you're in the trenches and you're fighting and you you're trying to you're trying to come back from a 
14 point deficit, you know, <clears throat> having somebody that you know got your back, they believe in you, man, that goes a long way. Yeah. So, uh, I just still go back to uh, as a staff, we're having a great relationship with our players. You know what I'm saying? They're like, you treat them like they're your sons. Yeah. Uh, I let the parents know. Sometimes we, we, we may say some things that are a little rough, but it's nothing personal. We just challenge him to trying to make the best out of him. Because we wanted to go into the society, man. The world is not easy. Well, life gives you that. Life gives you that <laughs> Life is not stuff. easy. Right. So you, everybody will think, okay, everything's going to be fine. And, oh, do I'm doing all the right things. Great things going to happen. And that's, so, that's so far from the truth. Yeah, yesterday morning with my homeroom, I had him come in and I'm like, all right, guys, take out your journals. I want you to write, spend five minutes writing down something that happened to you that was not fair. And they all wrote that down. And they all told me what it was. And I said, you know what? Life ain't fair. Fair is just a dumb word. Yeah. You know? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, because 10 out of the 15 people that just gave me an answer, it was sports related. And it was, well, this kid did that and we had to do extra bear crawls and extra. Oh, oh. so as a result of what was not fair, you got a better workout in. Yeah. I'm like, there's a greater plan. Number one, there's a greater plan. Number two, man, life ain't fair. And it's really not, when you're on the receiving end, that's not for you to decide. Yeah. When you're on the given end, it is. You know, when I'm talking about, you know, I got two kids in here and what am I going to do for you and what am I going to do for you? Then I have to make a decision as the, as the giver what is fair and what is not fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But on the receiving end, man, I just trust God now that, that this messed up stuff he throws in my life, about four or five years, I'm going to realize it was some good stuff in disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I, like I said, kids. I mean, look, kids have changed. I don't know as much as kids have changed. I think more of society and parenting has changed. I agree. You know, I mean, you, sometimes we give our kids too many options. You know, we're doing well, we're successful, we, we're financially blessed. So we sometimes we give a lot, and sometimes because we give so much, we don't get the most out of our kids. Yeah, they, they know they're good, they're fine, but. We're blessed, like I said, we're blessed financially to have nice things and be able to live in nice neighborhoods and do certain things. Sometimes we don't get the max out of our kids. I'm not saying they're not going to be successful and great, but we don't max them out like we should, like we were maxed out. I was maxed out. Yeah. Well, yeah well, that, that, people always ask me, like, is your son going to be a wrestling star like you? And I'm like, I, my son's not going to be built like me because I'm not going to parent the way I was parented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm glad who I am who I am. And yeah. I'm glad all my life experiences. But the way my son, he's living a pretty good life. Mm -hmm. And he's probably not going to go have to kneel outside on aggregate concrete for 45 minutes yeah. at a time. And he's probably not going to have to mop the kitchen floor on his hands and yeah. knees. You know? And what's to say? Thank God and thank my dad for making life tough like that mm -hmm. to where I was tough. Yeah. But he's probably not going to be the tough guy that I turned out to be because his road is going to be a different road. Different. Yeah, I say, it's not the kids changing. It's, yeah. You know, I might catch three touchdowns, and next thing you know, I'm cutting grass. In the, I'm, I'm cutting grass in regular ease in the morning. You know, so nobody cared. My dad didn't care about that. Yeah, do these chores. Yeah. Nobody, you know, that's the thing I had to do. It wasn't no, like, yeah, man, I'm cutting grass. You know? <laughs> so, but things are different now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Things are different. You know, like, that's fine. You're playing sports. That's something for fun, but you still have your responsibility here. But sometimes kids, they they have problems juggling the responsibility of it all. Yeah. You know, so I don't think kids change that much. It just, we change. 
Yeah. We changed. We allowed them to allow like different options. I get it. That's fine. Right. But they still kids now. You give me a lot of yeah. options. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm trying to exercise all my well, options. Well, yeah. Well, I had options. <laughs> I had options. Am I going to sit at home and do the dishes and the clothes and cut the grass? Or am I going to go to wrestling practice? Yeah. Well, wrestling practice every time, baby. <laughs> I go work my tail off for that coach. Exactly. You know? So, and that's, and that's you know, that's the one thing that society brings up. But the world is hard. The world can be a tough place. And if we telling the kids everything is going to be hunky-dory all the time, right. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have times where it's not going to be fair, but you still got to find a way. You know? Yeah. We know what the problem is. Give me some solutions. And I'm sure you, as administrator, you say, ex when when teachers come tell you about their problems, okay, what's 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 give me some solutions. Don't just give me the problem. Give me some possible solutions to this problem. Yeah. Because it's hey, I don't want to hear about your problems. Everybody got problems. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing you just try to do is just man, be accountable, take responsibility, find a way, don't complain. You know, just keep fighting through. Fight through, see it through. And that's what we just try to instill in our kids and others. It's no important. It's more. It's more important to have a good character and to being a man more than anything. More than any game you ever win. Yeah. Because you'll win the game of life with good character and being a man. Right. You know, and I know people don't just talk like that anymore, but you know, it's really important for you to be accountable. Take care of your family. Take care of your kids. Be at work on time. You know what I'm saying? Pay your bills. Be what you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. You know, be a man of your word. We 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 stickler for that. You know, you're not being a man. You're not carrying yourself like a young man. And we just keep drilling them in that too. This is what we do. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you lose something in the midst of all that. They don't yeah. want to do all that. They don't want the accountability part of it. Yeah. And that's fine too. I mean, that's okay. Well, I got I have some eighth graders here. That are football players, you know, someone real talented, and and I told them you were coming for the podcast, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, the coach of Madison Prep, oh. Oh, I, I, and there, there's a, there's a few of them. I'm like, I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to Landry about you, and there's a couple of them. I'm like, nah, nah. Right. no, I know you, dude. I'm sorry. Good luck. Yeah, hey, in, in, in the summer, six in the morning, toes on the line. If you're not there, hey, it's gonna get rough on you. You know, we six in the morning, your toes on the line. I'm gonna be there five, so it's no excuse. If you're not there, your toes on the line. We have a line, to, you know, to line the kids up in line to start our warm ups. If you're not there, you can't say what's your excuse. Right. And you're right. So this kind of thing to get them getting up in the morning. Sometimes just get up and be accountable. Right. Get up and show up to work. Can you do that? Yeah. And then we'll go from there. At least you're here. I got you here now. So I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna max you out. So when you go home, you're really too tired to do anything else, or not really in the mood to cut up. To cut up because I took all your energy. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we may come back for a seven on seven in the afternoon. This is drooling, but again, you keeping the kids around you. I really don't go more than three days without my kids seeing me. It's very rarely, maybe about three or four times out of the year, where they'll go longer than three days without me. Being able to see them or touch them. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, lightning round. Okay. Five questions, quick responses. Your favorite football player of all time? Jerry Rice. All right, wide receiver, huh? Yes, wide receiver. <laughs> uh, question number two. Number one key to success? Discipline. Okay. I, I'm yeah, you know that. Extreme believer in that. Uh, number three. Uh, 
number one coach and mentor that you never met? So like a coach, an all-time coach that you looked up to, but not necessarily one you worked with. I probably say Bill Walsh because I grew up like a Bill Walsh, Chuck Noll. Okay. That was like my two teams. The big 40, yeah, 49ers. 49ers. The Joe the, Montana 49ers. Yeah, and, 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 and um, Steve Young. Uh, Steve Young, but then we had Terry Bradshaw, which from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a big Steelers yeah, fan, that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, I'm going to change this from, from best player you ever coached to most talented player you ever coached. Most talented? I, I'm sure I'll get killed. By. Brandon Bolden. Brandon Bolden was one of the most talented athletic kids I ever coached. He could play baseball. He can football, uh, track. I mean, he can he'll hit a home run and jump the fence and go finish track practice or hop in the track meet. Yeah. I mean, I remember we, <laughs> we did that one time at, when he was at Scotlandville. He just was a freaky talent. Uh, for him to go on to the NFL and uh, play with the Patriots for this long, uh, man, that says a lot. But he was kind of a freak athlete. Uh, when we was in high school, when he was in high school. Yeah. He was built like a man like in high school, but he could swing the bat. Uh, he was good, good sprinter, and he was a good football player as well. Uh, actually, he could have been a defensive guy as well. You could tell on special teams, you see how he moved, he could have easily been an outside linebacker or strong safety. Yeah. Well, it says a lot for you as a coach if he, if he spent so many years with New England because he's got to be a system oh, guy. Yeah. He's got to yeah. be a team player yeah. and got to be yeah. a system guy. Four and foremost. If not, you're not going to be there. Yeah. And no matter what, he find a way to be a part of that Patriots staff. I mean, uh, team. Yeah. Even when they went to Miami for that short, uh, that one year, first opportunity he had to come back, they brought him right back, and he came right back in being who he is. So, uh, Brandon Bowden was a real, he brought one of the top athletes, uh, talented athletes that I have. Yeah. All right, last question. Biggest athletic regret as an athlete or a coach you ever had? As a, as a athlete, I wish I'd play baseball. Cause I'm, I got a good eye. I got a good hand and eye. That's just was my my talent. Yeah. But we didn't do a lot of baseball in the city. You know. What right. I'm right. Right. <laughs> uh, for his coaching, sometimes I wish I would have tried my uh, my hand on the on the college level. Okay. I just I I thought I, I had a slight opportunity. Probably maybe like for the first five years, okay. but I wasn't stable at the time, and I wouldn't really take that risk. I kind of wish I would have took that opportunity to to give my shot at the coaching ranks. No, uh, is that is that level. is that done? You think? Or you... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of old now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy seeing the coaches that you know, you know, coaches that you see on TV. They come in and sit in your office. You yeah. know, even uh, Steve area. His his son came in my office. I'm like, man, you know how many times, you know, it's just crazy. So to see those guys come back and you know some of the old school legends come back and they're in your office and they recruit on the recruiting trail and you seeing them on TV or you know their father and things of that nature. That's that's you know I get a kick out of that. To me, right now I got the best job in the world. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the kids for and foremost. And it just even when things not going right, the kids. Find a way to get a smile out of me or get, you know. Yeah. Even if it's something that, at the end of the day, I'm going to be mad at them, but sometimes they find a way to get that smile out of me throughout the day to let me know that what I'm doing is, is important. So, um, 
that's I guess that's my superpower. I guess I just enjoy kids. I enjoy getting the most out of them. I enjoy challenging them. Uh, and and the good and the bad. You know, I have some kids that wasn't always on the right track, and some kids that made some mistakes. But I don't mind going back with them and trying to clean them back up. You know, and that's that's what you do. That's yeah. what you're doing when you're mentoring. That's what you do when you you're trying to change kids' perspective on life. You go get them out the dirt. You dust them off, and you put them back in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes you put them back. Sometimes you know it's back to fight again. You got to fight again. You know it's not a it's not it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Life is right. a marathon. Right. So I love doing that. Awesome. I love doing that. So. Thank you for coming, man. It's been great. Um, y'all follow Madison Prep Football. Like I said, 13-2 and two this year. Landry's the hottest coach in the state. He's going to try to improve on that next year. Got a couple studs. Uh, Joel Williams, Major Burns, about to go probably somewhere in the SEC, I'd imagine. And uh, he's got that young quarterback. What's his name again? Zion Chris. Zion Chris. He's going to be a, a D1 guy for he's, sure. He's a 10th grader. He? Yeah, he's incredible as a 10th grader. So a lot to come. Thanks for having us. See y'all next week, guys.